All right, welcome back, Audio Ecstasy. Hey, hey, the show where the boys make the noise, baby. We're you know in the mix. Is. Audio heads of Ecstasy Nation, welcome back. Welcome back. I am Danny Van Zandt. I got my co-host Dylan Hughes me with me. Hey. And then we got a guest on the show today, Chance. Hi. Chance, what's happening? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Good, good. Doing pretty good. All right, so you know the drill on this first question. I do. You know how this goes. I yes. Two part question. <laughs> First part, we got a head on the show. We got an audio head. Yeah, for, first time. Remember the audio heads. Yeah, yes, I am uh, fully caught up. I know the I know the the drill. A minute. Is, I mean, I don't know if uh, Ward's an audio head, but I have a suspicion that he's he not is. as much of a fan. I mean, this, at all. Yeah, now it is uh, yeah, a beautiful moment it. to finally have an audio head on the pod. I feel great Ooh. about yeah. this, but yes. yeah, let's get into it. I'm happy to be here. Two part question: One, first CD you ever bought slash first. Thing you ever downloaded album or whatever and then second part of the question most recent artists you've gotten into okay so first part i didn't really buy cds i don't think I, I don't really think that was super my generation's thing we were we were in with the ipods so i think the first song that i ever like bought for myself was replay by is <laughs> i don't know do you know this it's like a replay by who I I as I don't think I have any idea what that is. I Y A Z. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it was like a huge, huge pop song when I was like ten, and I think also like Black Hole Sun, and then (laughs) it's a cool combo. (laughs) (laughs) It was multi-dimensional from age ten, and then I think the first like album I remember getting into was probably. Tragic Kingdom by No Doubt. Okay, right. That's kind of sweet. That is yeah. sweet, yeah. yeah. What drew you to that? That one and Black Hole Sun. Like, what was the thing that got you on it? I, my my parents, like, or my dad really played the, played No Doubt in the car all the time. And I it was just kind of like my my first love. I, that was like the CD that I wanted to hear. Yeah. Um, oh, that yeah. and like Joe Satriani. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Satch. <laughs> Um, and, and, and then, I don't know, I think, I think Black Hole Sun found me in, like, middle school, and, um, you know, like, middle school fucking sucks, (laughs) so, (laughs) I think it just made sense emotionally for that to be a, a draw, um, and then most recent artist has been, I think, Charlie XCX, because I'm going to her concert, and I never really did the full, like, deep dive, so I'm finally committing is she she's it. coming here soon? Yeah, I think in like April. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Still, are you a Charlie fan? Um, yeah, I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily a fan. I don't like. I'm I'm a fan of certain records and the stuff that I've heard. I don't know her work that well, but I yeah, I think she's got a lot of great, very interesting forward-thinking pop music that mm-hmm. is uh, like the influences are kind of obvious, but it's totally just onto itself its own thing altogether she's a very interesting voice uh the pop two mixtape i like a lot the vroom vroom, the vroom, vroom with, uh, that's so my yeah, yeah. That's yeah. one yeah yeah, yeah. so are you a fan we've never really that's all about I really, much. that's really all i oh, know okay, and then, right then like the big like hits the yeah. like the iconic pop song isn't that one of them is that the oh right that one? was like a super early one too yeah, yeah that yeah, and yeah. then uh boom boom mm-hmm. boom clap yeah <laughs> That's you can tell I'm deep in the mix. I'm basically <laughs> so into it. Yeah. But uh, right on, that's tight. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Charlie XCX is a. She's as far as uh, what we were going to talk about today, songwriting in general. She is definitely somebody that 
you know, is easy to admire in a lot of ways. I mean, the stuff that I spoke about, but I feel like we've touched know. on her before on the show a little bit, just as like someone who's bringing back like oh, early two thousands like, yeah, aesthetics. So. Yeah, just, like, like Britney. We're talking yeah, about too, yeah. just like uh, I don't know, pop punk revival and generational sort of shifts in general, and like. I wouldn't consider her pop punk whatsoever, but she's probably mm-hmm. influenced by some of that stuff. And, like, she's definitely, you know, a throwback to a lot of Y2K, just, like, boy band, bubblegum pop, you know, pretty old stuff. Cool like graphics, nature, like, too. Like, the super, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. weird turn of the century, like. Okay, so, hard pivot. I would love to know really quick what, if you guys have a favorite songwriter in general. Because um, I was really kind of struggling with this. For Danny, I would have guessed, like, Elliot Smith or uh, mm-hmm. maybe... I don't know George Martin, but uh, <laughs> no, I I think I got a. Or not th- George Martin. I'm sorry, Max Martin. What am I? What am I saying? Max no, Martin. no, that's, um, that's bad. Uh, you gonna, <laughs> go ahead. I got. I think it's a three way tie. It would be Stephen Malcolmus. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Robert Pollard. Then yeah, got about voices, and then Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's my. Chance. What Can a, we do three? What a dad. Yeah. Office <laughs> <laughs> back. That's right. Oh, but, <laughs> Okay, I would say Fiona Apple for mm-hmm. sure. Sweet. Yeah. Um, three. I've been listening to Tori Amos a lot too, so I think I'd have to say her. Um, I have a list, but I like because I can't remember anything on the fly. And I think I think M Ward is really good. Sufjan Stevens. That's sweet. I never meet M Ward fans. That's awesome. No, I love him. Yeah. Fun fact. My well, he's been on the show. My friend mm. has the same name as him, Matt Ward, and so, and so it was so weird. I've known him like, why do I tell the story every time he was in the room <laughs> when I was born? Like we've just known each other our whole lives, and it was just so weird to me to like find like he's one of my like top ten favorite artists, and it's just weird same name. That's destiny. Wild coincidence. I yeah. really need to start making the rounds with Ward because he's just I mean whatever uh, post war whatever that record was. Mm. I mean he's like just somebody that like I feel like you've just talked about as long as I've known you, and I still just am so unfamiliar with a lot of you know. His guitar playing so sweet and like mm-hmm. the production and it's like a perfect record I think yeah that one and I love uh, Transistor Radio mm-hmm. and oh yeah okay yeah um, Transfiguration of Vincent yeah his the whole early catalog <laughs> is like awesome good stuff yeah. hell yeah what about you. Or did you say it and I missed it? Uh, no, I didn't say it. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I was saying that I was like can I, struggling with this. Can I guess this, yours? You guess mine. Can I take a guess at yeah, yours? Yeah, absolutely. Please. I feel like it's tough because you're not like a... Uh, no, I'm a band guy. I'm like yeah, songwriting duos band guy. and producers and yeah. duos. It's so not how, straightforward. Did you cheat it then? Did you do duos? Like, Well, there are... I, I, as far as just the conversation about my favorites, like there are obvious duos throughout here, but I wouldn't say that a duo is among my straight up like immediate favorites necessarily, if that's like a good hint for you. I mean, it just... It, it's very so much. I can't say that like there are any like really obvious guys because I'm not. You know, whatever. Kevin Shields in there? No, he's not. If I were to talk about like favorite producers for sure, he'd be like yeah, you know, top couple. But Dave Avey. Dave that, see, that, 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 that would say Tara. that that's one of the, the. I mean, that is the duo. That's probably, I mean, Avey Tara Panabare probably my favorite songwriting duo of all time. But no. Is that the Animal Collective? Those are the Animal Collective folks? guys. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Baron. Yeah. Bear Tara. That's right. <laughs> um. God, who I feel like I should know your stuff better. I've Think about like last year, what what I was super big on. I'm a bad. What came out I'm last year? What came, what came out last year? A lot, a lot of stuff. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I think that in uh, as of late, Phil Alvarez. Oh, Phil Al- like, Yeah, yeah. No, I know you were going for that. I mean, I saw the look in your eyes at the last second. Yeah, yeah. At the last second. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, he for sure is just somebody, and I like just so much about what he does. The sort of uh, surreal, naturalistic imagery to a lot of his writing early on. The more stark, real, bleak stuff of like Mount Erie. I mean, it's so varied and interesting, and like there are so little, uh, so few people, I suppose, that I could see pulling off the kind of record that he made last year, the forty-four minute song about just you know his whole life and his approach to art and everything. It's just you know such an interesting, ambitious. Um, record and I uh, yeah I admire just so much of what he does writing compositionally production wise I mean everything it's just so beautiful and singular but I love the video for that too where he's just laying oh, the, like Kodak yeah, yeah. photos mm-hmm. on top of one another yeah. slowly like a slideshow almost but like, mm-hmm. a, like a it's like a yeah it takes say, you back to I feel like the only experience I have that I could relate that to is like a parent showing you photos mm-hmm. or something like mm-hmm. and yeah yeah, great video. Really great, really great stuff. Have you listened to any microphones around your records, Chance? I I sure don't think so. But I that reminded me of a question that I was going to ask you guys, which was like, when talking about songwriting, a, and I have my own thoughts on this, but like, do you think mm-hmm. how? How related do you think is like the music and the songwriting at, like as a unit? Like do, when you think of songwriting, do you think of just the words, or do you think of like the whole thing together. I think of it, I guess, as the lyrics, for sure, like the chord progression and the melody. Mm. And then if there's like a, like a, in rock, I guess it would be like a riff, but like some like sort of like melodic line that is- A motif of some sort. Yeah, that's like like a big part of the song. Mm. I think of that. And then I guess I think of like picking out the instruments as arranging and then like and also kind of producing that's what i wanted when you brought up kevin shields as like a favorite producer that made mm-hmm. me think like where's that line between right. song and that, and that, that is an, that is an interesting point too in that like there is so much of what he does that absolutely is songwriting but i don't necessarily like think of him immediately as a favorite songwriter of mine because there's just like for whatever reason i have it like oh like a lot of that other stuff is just so much more than the basic structure of what like whatever he is doing it's just like I don't know. It obviously is songwriting, but I don't necessarily think of it in that way, but it totally is. I mean, it obviously, like, I think of it, for sure, lyrics, and then, yeah, it's just, like, composition, you know, just, like, various arrangements, rhythm, melody, um, you know, all that stuff goes into it, and, like, certainly any, you know, there's obviously mixing and overdubs or whatever, but, like, you know, the actual production itself, I mean, that, that certainly contributes to it, so it, sh- it should absolutely, whatever I think about what I really love about him as a musician absolutely fits that bill, but yeah, for whatever reason, it just doesn't register in that way, but I'd, I'd agree he would be up there. Maybe yeah. not still my favorite, but definitely up there. In the mix. Yeah, in the yeah. mix for sure, yeah. For you, Chance, for your own question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for, my, yeah. Yeah. for my own question. Well, I was, like, that was one of the things I was thinking about was, like, you know, I pitched this idea, so I'm like, okay, I have to have a lot to say. <laughs> um, but, like, I think the song, what makes songwriting effective is how the lyrics kind of like work with the music as a whole. Um, and so I think the all of the elements are so like woven together that it's really hard to like parse that out. And then there's the whole issue of like song songwriter is like a genre. Yeah, you know what I mean, like yeah. singer songwriter is and a, that's is a kinda, genre, yeah. right. and that's where is that like just the thought of right. it just completely go there. And obviously, I'm not just like thinking of straight singer songwriters, but that's so much of like the idea of what a songwriter is right. that it's like it's a very limited idea of what you know. Which right. is what like if we yeah. do like a super quick trace of 
history of songwriter without of a, any of us doing actual serious research here. What I'm assuming it goes like composers up until like pop music as a thing starts with what like the early 20th century like well you think about like broadway you, kind of mixing with like i mean there was definitely recorded music so i don't know exactly when as far as just like what we consider like earliest pop music versus like the origins of like what jazz was because that was also just like very early 20th century and then i guess we're also like because uh, like, yeah. the easiest thing that we just can kind of look to in a very kind of clean way unless you want to like trace the evolution of like jazz or other things you know first half of the 20th century it's just like the post-world war ii recorded history of like early rock and roll and the like bebop that was happening at that time but and then it's like the funny thing there is that we're we're I suggested it too for this, like such a small mm-hmm. perspective because it's not like song started and like right. It's so, like, a yeah, very, very incredibly is small. Ba- is Bach a songwriter? Absolutely. Is, like, yeah. Okay. So yeah. Like, composer. Uh, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think, I think absolutely. Like. I think songwriting implies words, though. So I don't know that. I don't know that I would consider Bach a songwriter. Okay. Because, like, when I think of like singer songwriter as a as a genre, yeah. I feel like the person who's a singer songwriter is kind of doing everything. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they're doing the maybe that like a an acoustic guitar or like piano or whatever, and then the vocals and the writing and building from that. Right. And let me know. If and it's I'm, usually like a solo. Yeah, like it, like mm-hmm. you know. Thing. Bob Dylan or Joni Mitchell or whatever, mm-hmm. like what I would think of as classic, yeah, singer songwriter type thing. And then you've got like the classic like archetype of like the songwriting team too, where it's like yeah. the one person who did like a Rodgers Hammerstein or mm-hmm. like a mm-hmm. Elton John, Bernie Taupin, right? Others yeah. that I can't think of. But no, I mean that, that yeah, completely sort of different model where it's just like oh yeah, this is yeah. I mean it's still something that we see today with you know all kinds of ghostwriting or whatever else, but it's just like that idea of like who is actually like really yeah i love picturing that so much i love picturing like the songwriting teams from like the 50s and 60s where it's like the two guys in a suit just at the piano like smoking a cigarette like really stressed out like we gotta get this what rhymes with car (laughs) just like the uh fucking writing rooms at like disney for just Just like yeah absolutely just like fuck this is not catchy enough we're yeah yeah that's how i imagine rogers and hammerstein oh yeah together But I was going to say, too, with uh, that also bring up another point that I was thinking about as far as, like, what constitutes songwriting in just a very general sense, because with, like, you know, various, like, electronic producers or anything that is just, like, you know, wordless, but also just, like, defies structure, anything that is, like, conventional about what think about it as just, like, what a song might be, and it's just, whether it's noise or ambient or whatever, it's like, oh, these aren't necessarily beats or... You know what? I, it's just like yeah, it's straight up audio. But in a way, I mean, these are constitute song. Like, yeah, I think of a lot of that stuff as songs. But again, like, I don't know. Are these people necessarily songwriters? Are they produce like just straight up producing song? I mean, the, the terminology is a very kind of weird. I, like, I always would just think of them as songwriters, but I was still just not in the traditional sense. There, I feel like it's a word with like a double meaning, where mm-hmm. there is the like yeah. one specific sense of like a songwriter who is like yeah. a of that tradition of like coffee house is like what comes to mind yeah, like that's a writer kind of, yeah. you know, i mean that's just like yeah right so like out of that yeah dylan Joni mitchell tradition mm-hmm. and then i feel like there's like the larger just like at its broadest definition of just like someone who made a song up in some yeah way. and that i think that counts for sure yeah and yeah. then so like off of this what do you guys think is like what makes a good songwriter or what is what is a what makes it a good song or like 
especially lyrically, like what makes you feel connected to it or do you? Because I know you said you're kind of more on the production side, so maybe that doesn't yeah, matter to, so to much you so much. Of a, not a lyrics guy, but I want to say that. <laughs> For me, the three have to be in proportions between lyrics. Yeah. Uh, lyrics, like melody specifically. I'm, melody and chord progression I'm thinking of as one is just like the like harmonic fabric or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So lyrics, that, and then like the arrangement choices, they have to work together because I feel like you can have stuff where it's like a really vulnerable lyric and like a really sweet melody but then if the production isn't isn't right it can count it can sound like really like cloying and just like mm-hmm. oh, cheesy sure. and like hallmark cardi or so uh, you know what i mean or, yeah, but absolutely. then if the, but if the arrangement's right and like the production choices are right it hits right and sometimes i really like when the production kind of contrasts the song for writing. sure yeah absolutely um, and that way it makes it fun it's, when it's yeah. so knowing and it's just like this is such a sharp beautiful contrast everything is just like so you know, just i mean that's something that's just so well done about sophie's music and i mean all yeah. kinds of the yeah people that hey, my bloody valentine to whoever it's just like that's so much uh just what makes can make music exciting it's just those uh you know par- or polar opposites there with stuff mm-hmm. but i mean melody for sure i mean no doubt rhythm is such a i mean melody and rhythm is definitely like that's so much of just what I'm, you know, focused on, fix it, like, what well, was going to draw me into something, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, I mean, I, I, I definitely have grown to appreciate lyrics certainly a lot more, but it is not something that, like, on first glance is going to, like, necessarily pull me in, but it are also you, depends on the arrangement, too. Are you kind of in the camp of, like, lyrics don't matter until they do? No, I, no, <laughs> lyric, lyrics always matter. They just okay. don't matter to me necessarily, like, well, right away. Like, okay. I, that, I, I never, I don't, like, the, my, my uh, lack of, uh, um, however I prioritize lyrics doesn't necessarily diminish them in my mind as far as just their importance. I mean, I think... Right. Do you have favorite lyricists? We've never, I'm realizing now, yeah, like, we yeah, never we, talk no, lyrics we, really we that we often. We don't, because it's just, yeah, it, well, we also just haven't talked very generally about songs. It's always just honest, yeah. it's not necessarily specific, but... Um, yeah, I mean, you know, as of late, certainly like Frank Ocean, Earl Sweatshirt, like those have been like two of my absolute favorites for a while. Alex G, another like mm. just favorite of mine. And like, yeah, there, a lot of it is, you know, for very, very, very different reasons with them. I mean, with Earl, it's just the wordplay is so incredible and the way that he's just able to draw these vignettes that are just so, you know, just honest and painful and real. And it, it just, it, it's amazing to just see how, what he can do just come up with with just you know a love of language and the, well, the way he plays with words and everything and you know with frank it's i mean it's just you know there's, there's i don't know certain things about different people obviously that you know draw so can draw me in that way but like a lot of that too just kind of can come from the way that they present the music where there's so, so much more of an emphasis on that like certainly with something like blonde that's so much more of a focal point and it uh you know a lot of the just the negative space and the production choices really kind of emphasize a lot of that whereas and you know, some, a lot of the stuff that I listen to that's, you know, more abrasive or whatever, it's just not going to be something that it's maybe a textural element, but not necessarily a focal point in and of itself. But yeah, that stuff can very definitely vary. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm assuming you said that you think of songs primarily from a lyrical perspective. So I, I think that's something I definitely look for because mm-hmm. like. I'm a musician and that's kind of my favorite part is is thinking about the the words that go go behind it. And I also really think the the way that words are chosen really impact the music. Um and like even even in such a way that it's like just a texture. And I think that's like a, a really important part. Like a couple examples that I was thinking of um was like 
the song Milk by Sweet Trip, which has been like on repeat for me, is the words are really lovely and but they don't really come to the surface they're more just as a, a, almost like orchestral like it's it's not really the actual words aren't that important they're more just there for the the feeling yeah um but then something like <laughs> and i was saying this kind of as a joke earlier today but something like um fly like a g6 the the lyrics sweet reference the lyrics for, <laughs> no i I love that. No, that's I, awesome. I literally said that Danny was gonna be so. I'm in. so yeah. yeah so, like, they played the other day at work. Like, we were rocking in the kitchen. We were going. <laughs> well, it's it it like the lyrics Lord. are so like slick and. Um, I'm like the verse. I don't know the verse lyrics. I got to be honest. I, Do you have them written I, down? I have some notes? of them that's written so down. Awesome. Um, that's sweet. the 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 first part of like. Um, Slipping, sipping, <laughs> sip scissorp in my ride. Yeah, I mean that sticks with you, like. <laughs> well, yeah, because because of all of those s's, I'm I'm the convinced the, mm. the sibilance, yeah, and like there are so many instances that I think are really subtle where, and this is like a a big part of poetry is the way the words sound for sure re- the materiality of it not really, just the meaning yeah are really important the sound Im- impacts the sense mm-hmm. um and i have more examples of that <laughs> i am just a i'm just a big nerd for words um but fiona apple has the song left alone and it's the first verse is <laughs> you made your major overtures oh, yeah. when you're a sure and oratund mm-hmm. mutt and there are so many like M's and, and the way she says it too. She like ba 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 that flow is just yeah. wild. Yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it and it really like gets so percussive and beca- and part of that is like because of the actual sound of the it's words. It's so like yeah, it adds this like na 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 kind of <laughs> aspect to it that's like cool. It's like bratty or something. Yeah, like punk it's, rock in it's a way. um, mm-hmm. it's pr- it's punctual like. It punctures. <laughs> yeah, it definitely punctures. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. With the lyric side of things too, there are so many different levels that like the abstraction, like there's so many different levels you can love it at. Like you can love like the straight up meaning of what it's saying. Mm-hmm. Then you can love just like the the connotations that come with the words as words. Then you can love like the sound of it. Yeah. Yeah, and like I mean, because like with Kevin Shields, like with My Bloody Valentine. Like as a lyricist, what you, we don't even know what the words are, right? Yeah, and they're like, it's beside they're, the point. I mean, it's in terms any of black the, metal, any like, yeah, I mean, except for in the sense of how they sound. Yes, because wasn't the process yeah. that like one of them would write something and go it in and sing it, and then the other person would listen back and then sing the actual take just from what they got from the recording without like seeing. I actually don't the, think I knew that, but that makes oh, a lot of sense. That's yeah. really cool. It is. A, it's mm-hmm. a super cool. Like yeah. I feel like that's like like a Dada's type like yeah, like yeah, filter sure. right through yeah, some like bullshit right. for a second, yeah, which is sweet. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. Very no, it's cool that yeah. I, I was thinking of. I mean, uh, yeah. Obviously, like a lot of the stuff that I really love. I mean, whether it's like Cocktail Twins or Stereo Lab, there's very much that sort of thing where it's just like I have no idea. Like it's so like, abstract. The vocal melodies blurry. are gorgeous. Yeah, exactly. But it just like it. It doesn't even necessarily need to register on that level whatsoever. And so like, there's no question that you know you're missing something there by not understanding what's being said. But like, it feels so beside the point, you know, in and of itself. But like, obviously, you know, it just. That just it happens to be the way that a lot of the stuff that I'm drawn to is kind of rendered, but yeah, not a universal thing as far as what I really love. But what were you gonna say to me? I'm just trying to think of like that still 
if your love of that still like reflects something about lyrics though like if, oh, yeah. like no, the I'm negative sure space yeah. of like mm-hmm. not having actual like heard words but i don't yeah i have no way to go with that do you still like having a voice or like a like a well it also depends on the music too because i do think like there's a lot of stuff like a lot of like electronic music that i like where it's just like you don't necessarily need vocals on this stuff it kind of ruins it almost in a Mm -hmm. way but um it very much depends yeah on music the arrangement everything that else that's sort of happening there and um yeah i don't know i don't necessarily need there to be vocals but um I am, I suppose, very picky and specific about... Like, there's a lot of different kinds of vocalists that I listen to, but, like, that can be, obviously, like, with... I mean, not everybody feels that way, where it just can't be just such a turning... Uh, whatever, turn off in that way. Yeah. But, like, I do think that, like, there are so many just, like, conventionally great-sounding voices that just do nothing for me. And it's just like, okay, well, you know, if there's just nothing else here, that's not going to do anything in that way. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think a lot of... There aren't too many vocals that I love that are just like absolute powerhouse, like my absolute favorites, really, in that way, I don't think. I mean, it's just not something that, again, I put a huge premium on, but, you know, obviously, melodies, I, you know, that's the, of, of the highest priority, but, you know, certainly. <laughs> you and me have always within, liked it on that. that. That's what it is, man. I mean, that, that, absolutely. That, that That is like, and it's interesting, too, with all the stuff that I listen to that is so absent of melody. It's maybe like the absence there and the potency of that, that could be really compelling about a lot of that stuff, but. It for sure there is some like relationship to that that is going to be the, some way that I immediately respond to something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, can we talk about mm-hmm. like what out of our favorite lyricists like what makes them work for us as favorite lyricists? Yeah, sure. I would love to. Go ahead. Go All first, right. please. Okay, so like for me with like Bob Pollard, Forgotten by Voices, I love that like the songs are. Typically, it's a mix of like the melodies are so sugary and like over the top sweet, like Brit pop, just like. That's what I love about beat. I mean, even like Alien Lanes, I don't feel like is quite like that potent in that way. Like B Thousand is just like like just front to back, so just, sugary. It's, and I, I mean, I, I love it. It's insane. like the, yeah, that filter is just. I mean, great. but the arrangements are so mm-hmm. like because of the lo-fi productions of it, so like bitter, and so it's still like it doesn't. It works in some way because of that. And There's like also, a little discord. Yeah, yeah, which oh, is yeah. nice. And then the lyrics. I mean, he has the very like fragmentary, like surrealist style, and I think that's really cool with the Britpop stuff for me because like I grew up on that. I feel for me, for my personal liking of it, I think it's because I grew up listening to one of like a ton of that Britpop '60s stuff. And then the surrealist stuff feels like it's like going back to like childhood or something in some way. Maybe mm-hmm. I mean that's if I'm like guessing right now on spot. Yeah, I can see that though. I mean, yeah, he's and I do think even with like somebody like Malcolmus, who you also mentioned as a favorite of yours, just like the the surreal nature of like a lot of what he's like, regardless of what the tone is, it just like so you could read into a lot of those lines in so many different ways that it just what's, like. What's funny is they are so similar, but I think of them so differently because like mm-hmm. Malcolmus, I totally think of in like a different part of my brain where it's like I like what a, like a smart ass he is. Like he always feels yeah. like he's like a mocking like the classic sure. rock song write songwriting like format or whatever tableau. Like he, yeah, so like. I don't know. I think that, that's a good point. Ways. Pollard is very much a student in that, just like very devout, like obsessive of like just the the classic rock, just you know that like kind of lineage. And yeah, Malcolm is just tearing it up. But I do think, well, it's really just lyrically. I mean, yeah, they're very definitely coming from very different places there. But it's an interesting thing. But they are so similar. Then it's like weird. It's just like narcissism. I mean, yeah. it, well, I don't know how they feel about each other, but like that is 
I feel, I feel like just Malcolm is having that uh, opinion about a lot of just classic rock in general feels that way in hindsight. But I but, think he does love it too. Like, and that's what I love about both yeah. of them too is that they have that <laughs> love hate so. relationship with that stuff. Mm-hmm. I wish I uh, like could hear some of this because I do not. I'm not familiar with this artist. Or like, do you have lyrics? Can, can, um, can we have a can we have a reading? <laughs> yeah, let me. Okay, so like, let me find a random Robert Pollard song. And then, or like, I, yeah, I, just something that like. I feel like the best Stephen Malcolmus example would be like "Harness Your Hopes," maybe or something, or like, oh, where's Safari? There we go. So you've never listened to any "Get It by Voices" or any pavement jazz? I don't think so. No, not. Uh, doesn't sound doesn't sound like me. <laughs> the other thing about pavement lyrics is I feel like though, and this is maybe a, it says something about the lyrics is I do feel like when I read them aloud right now I'm gonna cringe at myself saying these are like <laughs> well, my favorite lyrics well, but this, then when they're like you know what I mean like oh no, absolutely blinded I, with yeah, yeah. It's, it's super rare that a song translates as poetry when read aloud it's, yeah because yeah. they're very sing-songy yeah. most of the time and it does feel like reading like kids stuff or something uh, but I love reciting their Earl Sweatshirt oldie verse because it's just it's so long and it's just it feels just like beautiful I was I was actually gonna ask if if you could read some of that because I'm not super f- fluent with with Earl either, but oh, I really I, I think this is turning into a poetry reading. Well, yes. No, I Absolutely. think we're all think, coming up and reading our favorite Yeah, stuff. come on. Awesome. My dad in high school they had to pick a poem for senior year to like read in their English class, and he read a Neil Young song, and I was oh, like, that's yeah. my dad. Wow, that is enough. yeah, that is an extremely. All right, so I got mine. It's uh, it. this is Stereo by Pavement. Okay. Pigs, they tend to wiggle when they walk. The infrastructure... God, I am already cringing. <laughs> the infrastructure rots and the owners hate the jocks with their agents and their dates. If the signatures are checked, you'll just have to wait. And we're counting up the instance that we save. Tired nations so depraved from the cheap seat CS wave to the camera. Took a giant ramrod to raise the demon settlement. But hi, this is a bad choice. <laughs> 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 I don't agree. I think it was a good choice. I think that was a perfectly good choice. Gives you a good idea of what. I guess. I I think so. It might not be the best choice, but go ahead. What was like the era of this? Early 90s. And it's very much in that like, I'm a slacker. Like, blah, blah, blah. I was going to say, it's a a little bratty. It's very bratty, which is what I like. Steve, he's a bratty boy. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's like perfect. Yeah. So it functions as it's intended, which I think is like a sign of a well written song. But you got uh, who's, uh, who's, yeah, who's doing gonna, reading next? Yeah, do you Please, do re- I think you've got Earl sure, pulled I'll, up. I'll, I would I'll read some Earl. Yeah, so I this, would love to hear. I it. do like refer to this as I think my favorite verse of all time. I don't even know if that's necessarily true anymore. I just like to think of it that way because it was so blown away when I first heard it. I did like memorize it for a while. Yeah. Look for contrast. Here's a pair of lips. Swallowed serpent, setting fire to sheriff's whips. Whoops, whoops. Fucking all American terrorist. Crunching rapper lyrics to feed him a fucking carrot stick. And me, I just spent a year Ferrison and lost a little sanity to show you what hysterics is. Spit till the lips meets the bottom of the barrel, saw it's sterile piss flow. Remind me where embarrassed is. Narrow tight line, might impair him since I made it back to Fahrenheit. Grimy get to narrow type, feral fucking ill apparel, wearing back of parasites. Threw his own youth off the roof after paradise. Lottie dotty back in here to fuck the party up. Raiden Fritz just tipping over vases with a Tommy gun. Never dollars, pop maker in hockey pucks and 60 day chips and fucking awesome anonymous. Call him bloated till he show him that the flow deluxe. Off the wall loafers for a loco and a cobra clutch. Vocals bow and roll for vocal hold the pose a drum and let me hit him beat it with a stick until the hole is numb. The culprit of the potent punch. It's cold and hot as junk and scrotum in a Folgers cup. 
or Nevada driving drunk inside a stolen truck. Shit, luck is cold and bust. Belly full of chicken and a fifth of old petroleum. Supernova, I'm roving over the novices and roaming through the forest, spitting colds of the porridges. Stay gold till the case closed and the story end. Post-mortem pork in this rap shit and record it to a scorpion of the morgan. Lord lifts, board of this forklift at Tiffy Top, best under 40 lifts. Storming the gates and shoring the base. Scorching leaves the motherfucker soaring torso and face. Yeah, get at me with savages. Half a pack of Apache Indian packer. Who don't give a fuck if we nasty as flatulence. As a matter of fact, your swagger is tacky. So assuming you can't let crotchy black catch in a taxi. Uh, back like <laughs> lateral passing with that motherfucking gladiator manner of rap. As an addict, I let Percocet and Xannies relax me. Fall back if you're bad. This is Maxi. <laughs> Please. Man. <laughs> Ooh. It's been a while since I did that. That's that, pretty lit. That, that's I'm fun, really. That's fun verse. I love. I fucking it, love that. Too. Yeah, it's really fun to read. Oh, it's it so sounds fun like. To read. It seems like it like hmm. speeds up at the end too. Where it like does. The yeah. rhyme pattern it gets, gets like. Really bah, 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 as you're getting it. right towards because it, it it's um so it was from oldie the ten minute pops he cut at the end of the OFT volume two. I remember that one. And it's like the first verse that he's had since he got back from Samoa. I don't know if you're familiar with the, the Earl Swigert story, but no, I'm not. He's a teen prodigy discovered by Tyler the Creator through my mix, or yeah, through MySpace off a mixtape that he did. They started rapping together. Earl released a mixtape at like 15 or 16 that was amazing and really well received online, but it had like just horrific lyrics, and uh, his mom was really uh, upset about the kind of crowd that he was running in. So she sent him away to school as he was like blowing up online, and they were kind of blowing up and. They were touring without him, and people like the shows were just like screaming, like this had like free Earl signs and stuff. And then and he's at like boarding school. He's at boarding school in Samoa. Yeah, and then he gets back, and then he records this verse, and yeah, then Doris comes like a year later. But like, so it was obviously a big deal, and like that was so it's like a ten minute song. Every person in the crew has a verse. He had the second to last one, and then it goes back to another Tyler one, and it cuts. But like, it obviously builds up to that. So yeah, great stuff. That was yeah. like the big man. return. I was <laughs> going to say, I, I'm really, I would be really curious. And again, big words nerd. I really want to know the syllable count <laughs> for those. Like I, they, they sound so like uh, the, they what all is, fit together in the same. Mm-hmm. Just like, um, the, like the meter of it, like the like syllable count. Just like, yeah. like yeah, syllable per, like per like line basically. Like, yeah, or okay. syll- syllable yeah. per, mm-hmm. per word. Uh, so that you know, like how many are in a line. I want to know how, mm, like, mm-hmm. if all the lines have the same amount of syllables because yeah. that's like a you know a thing for poetry, and it, it's interesting that like I think sometimes I think I feel like it must sometimes, especially like in rap where the rhythm is so important that the syllables and probably yeah, match. I was gonna say that's the thing. It becomes very evident when it doesn't because either they're like playing around with it in a way, which Earl definitely does from time to time, or they're just rapping. Or it's just like you know, it's it, not kind it's of all, incoherent. That's yeah. exactly right. So like that is especially in rap, it can be very evident whether they're just yeah. upbeat or whatever in that way. I I was just thinking about it and I was yeah. like I, I want to know the syllable count for this, <laughs> um, but I I'm just gonna for for my favorite verse I think again still that first one by Fiona mm-hmm. uh, with Left Alone which is you made your major overtures when you were ashore and oratund mutt and I was still a dewy petal rather than a moribund slut my love wrecked you you packed to twirl your skirt at the palace it hit, it hurt more than it ought to hurt I went to work to cultivate a callus. And there are all those like beautiful percussive. Mm-hmm. The cultivated like, callus. Yeah. Yes, went to work to cultivate a callus. There yeah. are those teas and the went to work. Yeah. Went to work Ooh. to cultivate a callus. It's just so 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 good. It's almost like uh, like in French the way like there's always a vowel between every consonant. Like yeah, a, a liaisons. Vowel, a vowel. Mm. Okay, that's the word. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> where they like mm. it's such a perfect rhythm to yes. it. Yes. 
Yeah. Hmm. No, that's that's definitely a thing. And yeah, that's that's what I love most about Fiona is she's as at the height of her powers, just every word is important and effective and I like, like well chosen. <laughs> like she's a dictator at the height. That, of, that, uh, that is uh, absolutely true. Though. Yeah, she is at, she the, height at of, the height of her powers. <laughs> absolutely, that is absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like this isn't a popular opinion, but I actually thought that um, her most recent record wasn't my favorite lyrically. It was maybe second or third, mm. and. Uh, Easily, I'm an idler wheel cat. Yeah, sure. easily, yeah, easily idler yeah. wheel is, I think, the best. Mm-hmm. I do not think it's my favorite, but... Um, what is the full name? Uh, the wheel. idler wheel is oh, wiser man. than the driver, <laughs> driver of the, the screw, screw, and whipping cords will serve you more than ropes, ropes will ever do. All right, boom. <laughs> and then the one <laughs> before it? Stand. Do you know the one before it? That's like I do not longer, know the, right? like I do not know the one. It's a... I don't know. It's um when the well when the yeah. pawns oh, the right. pawn? yeah two before then yeah, the, when yeah. The pawn, that was the and then extraordinary machine and which is John Bryan yes I think? Bryan's on that one yeah legend that's right and then title that's clean that's great <laughs> she should have stuck to the one word format my one critique. No, no I'm kidding. What? I'm totally kidding. I'm being sarcastic. Okay. No, the new yeah. titles are way cooler. Yeah. Bolt, should have been bolt cutter wheel. <laughs> fucking clean pond. Do you want to do a Tumblr post? Do your thing. Pond. Oh, that's got a nice ring to it. Yeah, they're all. I mean, do you? You, I, you actually turned me on to Fiona Apple, Danny. Like when we beginning of school when that record came out, like fall of 2012. I mean, that was such a huge thing for you, and I slowly got into her after that, but. Is that, that was when I first favorite? got into it. Yeah, that's still my favorite too. Okay, yeah, yeah. Have Those, you listened like, to the rest of them? I've listened to Extraordinary Machine um, and Fetch the Bolt Cutters, but I don't know oh, when the pawn. Yeah, you gotta listen to when, to that listen to when that's, when that's my favorite. Okay. Is it really okay? Yeah. yeah. Is it similar? Like, is it piano and like? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would say it's it's kind of a middle ground between Idler Wheel and Extraordinary Machine. Okay. Uh, it's as angry as Idler Wheel and more a little bit more like traditionally polished, I guess. Like I think Idler Wheel is, is very, very very well produced, but it's a little bit more like unhinged. It's fucking I raw. love that. Yeah, it's, a it's fucking unhinged. Raw. The, the, the thing that drew for sure. The thing Absolutely. that drew me the most are like the rhythms where it's like yeah. the, like oh, it yeah. sounds like they're in a kitchen just like hitting pots and pans and Oh yeah. yeah. That, that was I mean, the rhythm is just so much a, and I brought that up obviously with like just melodies being things that are so important to me in music and yeah, I mean that was a, a huge thing with just with like felt fetch the bolt cutters and uh, specifically, that alone was just so. I just uh, I love the rhythms on that record so much. Her piano playing so like, it's, oh, fractured it and weird too. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like I, oh yeah, it sounds like falling down the stairs it, or something. Like yeah, just like piano, I can totally see that. Yeah, no, it's, she she plays the pianos like they're drums mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. sure. She like bangs them. Yeah, like, yeah, she yeah, and she she talks about in interviews a lot, um, building from the drums, kind of mm-hmm. up. She she's she's very very much. Uh, in love with the the rhythms of things, which okay. absolutely makes sense in every every single aspect of her music, yeah. including the words. Because like the oh, song yeah. you picked yeah. feels very like you don't write that just like you write that with by you write that audibly. Like you have to say that because it seems like yeah. so much of it is about the rhythm of how the words sound. Like I can't imagine you're just sitting there silently like you made your major overture. I feel like you have to be like vocalizing mm. that. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, it is kind of like a rap in that. Yeah, 
yeah absolutely is her process does she start lyrics first because i feel like in that sense like what you just or does she start like you just said literally from from the the drums that is a super like it's a beat and then she yeah i love writes to that I I don't know the the full process. I'm not sure that she's ever said. I know that she um she she's a word collector, which I think is really fun. Yeah. Um and uh, and and loves the drums. And she's also said, which is one of my like favorite things to apply to songwriting is um she knows she's like written a good line when it when she says it and it kind of tastes good. You know what I mean? Like it feels good. It's got a good yeah, mouth just feel. Off the top. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> and it, uh-huh. like that's that's kind of like when I when I read her lines and stuff out loud, it's delightful. Like it feels really good to say. Yeah. And I think that's like a and and I feel like you feel the same way about the like Earl sweatshirt stuff. Yeah, absolutely, that is, that is absolutely true. I think that yeah. holds a, a lot of ground. I like the idea a lot because you mentioned she collects words. She definitely strikes me as somebody that like would just have all kinds of fragments of stuff just lying around just oh, aimlessly yeah. parts of things that she just chips away at or just like tugs whatever what the fuck but like the <laughs> idea of like her just like building songs just from the drums up and then just like layering I mean it just it is such an interesting it makes a lot of sense too with just even that passage that you read it's like okay of course this is just yeah the way that she sings that it's so singular and interesting and I love it yeah so really I want to kind of listen back to her records just thinking mm-hmm. of that because it is obviously like very present but like again just thinking about everything just being like that being the focal point of everything is just i love that no, moribund has to be collected uh, moribund that I more, like moribund it means bound for death okay <laughs> all right and i i do love that fiona's always going to teach you a word or two. That is sweet. yeah yeah yes. go on that journey with her moribund and oratund i did not know what, what either of those i i think it's kind of like braggadocious i i think but i i hmm. could definitely be wrong that's okay that when you say the taste thing i feel like that's one that works for me and that's another thing i love about songwriting because i feel like when you get like a good rhyme and especially like a polysyllabic rhyme like mm-hmm. that like moribund oraton that has a good taste in my mouth like right yeah. there just like there's something about like i think that goes back to like childhood like nursery rhyme stuff where there's just like mm-hmm. there's like this like logic to it that isn't based in what the words are actually saying but just in the like how the, they feel the, the rhythm of it. Like, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I mean, the cadence and everything. I mean, that's, yeah, I could see that. that yeah. And we were kind of talking about that mm-hmm. with uh, applying that to MF Doom, who has all of yes. those, like, inner uh, internal rhymes, mm-hmm. um, not just end rhymes. And it, it feels very much like, um, and and not in like a condescending way at all, but like for me, it feels kind of like a children's book because it, it which has, I like a lot. I, yeah, yeah, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. It has that like that like love of language and and like what kids' books are at at their best really trying to do is like teach kids that words are fun <laughs> for sure i feel and, like world doll yeah. has that like yeah fun absolutely <laughs> or yeah. or shell silverstein or whatever. who is a songwriter too i think right didn't he yeah he did a boy, a boy, boy, named boy named sue yeah for johnny cash <laughs> i don't know if he wrote it for johnny cash but johnny cash definitely covered okay, yeah. it <laughs> yeah and uh yeah it's just just the best <laughs> yeah i fucking love doom and like earl sweatshirt very much a student of the doom style of rapping and i mean there's a lot of stuff that is kind of reminiscent of that i really like but like he just was the master of the references and the yeah just the, the wordplay was just unparalleled mm-hmm. yeah they're that they're that like joy of language is something i think i really look for in songwriting too 
yeah and i feel like that thing of like word collecting like robert pollard my guy he does that same thing where he'll like save phrases that he'll see in places like yeah. having like that iphone's note <laughs> oh yeah like you gotta you gotta have that on yeah deck. you gotta it's have key. that that's absolutely true <laughs> gotta have it on deck i'm trying to think of, all right it's so like other <laughs> big big songwriters for y'all so yeah I, I mentioned very few i gotta like kind of go back because i mean there are a couple like I love the Bear Terra duo I mentioned. I love the Daniel Rosen, uh, Ed Drost, uh, Grizzly Bear. Like, there are some duos like that that I really enjoy quite a bit. I mean, so many of my favorites that I think about are just contemporary figures. Like, I think sort of as of late, Ezra Koenig would be somebody that I think of as just like a favorite songwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck, who the who else did I have on here? Alex J. I mentioned. Sufjan Stevens still, honestly. Yeah, of uh, course. Also, D'Angelo as well. He's somebody that I don't <laughs> think about a whole lot. So like, I don't listen to his stuff Amazing. a lot, but like, all his stuff is just so incredible and it just sounds better every time I hear it and it's just so multifaceted and just rich and expressive and it works with him like just at the piano too yeah absolutely and to think about like because I really I got into I mentioned this on here before in 2014 shortly before Black Messiah came out and I still think about that as my favorite record of his but like really every I mean he's only had three albums that he's put out but like honestly every thing about those is just I mean it's like just perfection from start to finish and i really do think like you know he's somebody that you know no matter what and that's obviously part of why we're just not gonna probably get another record it's just he is just such a perfectionist with everything but like it it really does hold up amazing when was the last time you listened to any of his records danny i want to say like a month ago oh yeah maybe Fuck two yeah. months ago i I mean, but I D'Angelo, I'm listening to like oh, he's I, didn't, always, I didn't know he was a regular rotation guy. He's for you. a regular. I think for he's, sure he's becoming for that sure point for me. me. Yeah. And then Black Messiah in the winter more. Okay, that's when it came out. That's another one for me. That's like a seasonal. Do you listen to any D'Angelo? Yeah. I I don't, but I'd like to. I've definitely heard of him and and like. I think dabbled, but but I couldn't I couldn't tell you a song right. You should definitely listen to all of them. There's only three albums, but they're all so fun. They're amazing, okay. yeah. Uh, and like they're all kind of different too. I feel like they're all. That's the thing I was gonna say. Well, I guess with uh, being a, such a black Messiah guy, was that I listened to that record so much more than the others, just because I that, again this, the kind of record that that is just speaks more to my sensibilities. I think, but like yeah, Brown Chuck and Voodoo are so different in their own ways. But it's it it it's just such an amazing progression from Brown Sugar to Black Messiah, and like yeah, it's it really is. Uh, so yeah i don't know just somebody that i think is just becoming more of some i don't know it's just every time i hear him it just is better and better and i admire every aspect of what he does i think more so uh legend status uh jeff tweedy of course oh i had jeff tweedy too that's has uh, anyone read that book the, oh, not oh, the not the autobiography, no, but the book about that's songwriting. Right. That's right. We had uh, talked about this. That would have been. Bit, we should have done our homework for this. This is a mistake. I know. I have not read that book. I would love to. That would have been smart. Ah, I've read some writer. of it, but yeah, okay. Uh, just cool. not, I couldn't like really talk about it, honestly. But talk but, about it. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. Talk about it. Yeah, that's tight. I oh man, I, I mean, he's just like the perfect sort of person. I, I think he's just got a great voice in general, just for just you know written language, not necessarily just like as far as a vocalist and singer-songwriter like I love his autobiography was just so well done and I mean I, I just I would read anything that he writes frankly but good writer when, when yeah. we talked Yankee Hotel Foxtrot I feel like I mentioned that like he was someone who shifted my idea of lyrics with I am trying to yes, break your heart you, of like yeah. it doesn't make sense it's just like oh, words yeah. so, for how they sound I assassin down the avenue is the I, one yeah. that I was going to bring I up that American I was American Aquarium 
Oh, I yeah. love that. I'm an American aquarium. Yeah. I am an American aquarium drinker. I assassinated on the evidence. Yep. And then also yep. shot Thank in you. the arm has great alliteration. The uh, uh, mm-hmm. what you once were isn't what you want to be anymore. What you want. That's it's right. just all whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. Oh, man. Boss. so good. I yeah. Love Legend. Wow. Great, great stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. And also, though, but he hmm. can do that. But he can also do, like, there's moments where just the phrases themselves are, like, just like beautiful and vulnerable. Like I, for the Yankee Hotel Foxtrot thing, I feel like I talked about how I just love that one line um, in poor places. It's your, it's my father's voice. That's right. Yeah. It's my father's voice sailing off sailors sailing home in the morning. Like there's just something about like that drift from like my father's voice that brings you back to like childhood or something. And then like, it just it pulls in. you apart immediately. Just yeah. That, that up, was like. something I had written down is like, <laughs> I love it when uh, lyrics do a lot of work in a, like a small, mm-hmm. Um, a small moment of time. Yeah. Like example I have for that is uh, Tori Amos in I believe. Hi oh gosh, I don't remember what song it is. It's the first one. Pretty good year. Um, I heard the Eternal Footman bought himself a bike to race. The Eternal who was it now? Footman. Uh, which I just love because it's like someone someone who's always running buying a bike. Yeah, like, <laughs> like that's got so so much. Something eternal is no longer eternal. Yeah, that's, that's conveying a lot with a little. That's yeah. Like, that's that's a yeah. that's like a it, ton. Like, There's so much to think about. Yeah, like not knowing what it means, it still has like some weight to it in some yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Like the eternal. It's very like David Lynchian. It feels like something like I can that. like. Mm-hmm. In blue velvet, that someone would just randomly say, "Like I heard the Eternal passing, Footman." Right. Yeah, like, who yeah. the fuck is the Eternal <laughs> Footman? We didn't introduce this character. Like, why does it mean something to me now? Though, like, right. but it does. Like that is. I've never listened to Tori Amos. I need to do that work. I haven't oh, either. Should. She is oh. definitely a blind spot. Yeah, no, no Tori in my life up to really? this point. Oh, That's yeah. shocking. Yeah. Okay. Tori. Tori. Winner of Tori. Oh god. Oh my god. Uh, Tori stories. I, no, so we joke about this every episode, but I'm uh, honestly just so more mortified by the status of Summer Wayne. It just, it kills me to even think about. What? Did you say, Chance? I, you didn't finish Summer Wayne? We didn't finish Summer no. Wayne. <laughs> wow. We, and, we it, and we dropped it right before like Carter 3. It's like getting to like Dark Side of the Moon and then being like, I think yeah. we're good. Incredible. Just <laughs> really in, incredible work there. I'm sorry, Chance, what were you going to say before that? I don't, just I, mortified, I sure don't remember. Fucking mortified. What, what so, is Tori Amos is tight. I would love to make the rounds with her. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't okay. need to be the Summer of Tori, but I'd love to do that. Do, do the Winter of Tori. What's her Winter scene? of Tori. Um, 90s right? yeah okay i i call them the, the 90s piano girls but it, like her fiona and regina specter are all kind of in that era i think regina's kind of a little bit later than that but um she's similar ish to fiona she was before and you can definitely see the influence i think on fiona but she's got like just the most insane piano you've ever heard in your life with like kind of I'm not the best with genres so I could say the wrong thing here but but kind of like grungy she had um an under the pink which is my favorite Tory album has a ton of input by Trent Reznor so okay um oh I actually I do remember hearing something about that that he'd been working with her I don't know man I would yeah it was on the the flux pod because he's Matt's such a huge uh Reznor had. I do oh, remember vaguely hearing about that, but that's tight. He was on that record. Yeah, cool. yeah, he did a lot of like background vocals and stuff for that for Good that stuff. one. But um, she's 
incredible and very strange. Is she um, Canadian? Tori? Yeah. I have no idea. She might be. I, I don't think so, though. I, I feel like she's not. I feel like she's American. She she makes specific um, references to America, but I, who knows? I don't know. Tori I, Amos is defined on Wikipedia as an American singer-songwriter. Okay. And that's, pianist. That's, that's what I thought. All right. That is what there I thought. it is. <laughs> but yeah, listen listen to Tori. Make it winter, to winter of Tori. What's the intro? What's the... I would say... The, the entry, I would yeah. say... <laughs> I would say Under the Pink. Cool. Under the Pink. But... Um, uh, Choir Girl Hotel, I think it's called something like Great that. Great title. Is, yeah. Wow. Is um is something I just listened to today. <laughs> Blank Hotel is such so a good. great format for albums. I'm really, like the Doors have what Morrison Hotel, Grateful Dead have Live from the Mars Hotel. Tranquility well, Base Tranquility Hotel. Base Hotel. That, that, Hotel. Yeah, that it, that's it, a great it, tradition. That is really that's a, <laughs> that's really true and ties back to a thought that I have had, which is I really like when songs or songwriters make like a world. Okay, so this is actually I'm very glad you brought that up. This is a, a big deal for me in all kinds of uh, mediums of art, but like for sure, what I consider like what I think is like the through line of a lot of like the musicians, singer songwriters, what have you that I like is that I think the most is that they're all truly world builders. I mean, whether it's yeah, yeah the My Bloody Valentine, Flying Lotus, uh, Tyler Frank Earl, uh, it's just it, it, this stuff. Animal Collective is another huge one. It's just like that stuff where it just if it's so singular and under themselves, the point of view and like if we're gonna talk trip lyrics where it's just like such an undeniable just sing, like you know, for better or worse, there is just an honesty there that you can't mistake yeah, in a way that, it's, like, it's insular. hard to put a, Yeah, yeah. So, like, that is something that, I, like, no question I respond to, I think, above a lot of other things. It's funny to me, too, when, like, they build such a world that things can become, like, like, I've had times where I'm driving and I look at, like, some industrial thing and I go like, oh, that's so Springsteen. Or like, the meatball sub that's so Billy Joel. Like, <laughs> I can't look at a spooky house without thinking of Phoebe Bridgers anymore. That is, that is a new one. Yeah, shit, yeah, that is true. Can't walk in with Duncan without thinking of Ariana Grande. It's oh just, my God. Yeah, Wait, why do you think of her with, uh, with Duncan? Licking the donut, did you... Oh, see, I think of her Starbucks because she had oh, the, uh, that's right, the Starbucks. The, yeah, she's the, just the unicorn, that's right. the unicorn no, frap, or whatever I it was. It was the, the Not the unicorn, though. She had her own. It was a cloud macchiato thing. Thank I you. Think. Yes, yes. you're a ti- you're well, a TC well, head. I, I am a TC head. We're, we were just getting boy. a little bit past this point. I'm dude. I'm so deep into it. TC uh, time crisis. Did you get to the podcast. part where they joke oh, about okay. her being vegan? It might have been that same episode about her not yes, actually being vegan. Yes, it was the same episode. She's like the, eating the, veal the parms on the, on the PJ. <laughs> if she wants to get a veal parm every once in a while, yo, that's her problem. She's that's a Jersey girl. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh my god, so good. Yes, but uh, yeah, no, that that is uh, yeah, definitely something I, I respond to with all kinds of art, and I do think it is a very interesting thing too to think about from a lyrical the lyrical perspective because you know with the stuff that i'm drawn to it's like the sonics and the production and everything would helps really kind of uh you know portray that in a way that you know just feels immediate but like lyrics can definitely take some time to really you know sink in or just register just like what they're trying to convey what whatever it is and like that is something that i do think like might not and at least for me doesn't necessarily draw me in again and think of like oh yeah they're building their own sort of world but i mean it always you know can make or break that kind of thing and i you know it's definitely something that i admire about all my favorite lyricists without question um i think fiona apple that very well yeah can't absolutely. speak to tori because i haven't listened to her but with the building world stuff i will say i have a weird fine line where like mm-hmm. it does get on my nerves 
like the idea of like the rock opera or like the album sure. where there's like a full story to it. I usually feel like in most scenarios where that happens, the self-contained story that just isn't referenced whatsoever or is just super convoluted. I don't. Yeah, like, it just doesn't. It never. Like, like, like I'm, you're not a fan of like a concept album. I like kind of concept thing. albums when it's the like this. Like a concept a theme. album is. <laughs> When there's like compelling. yeah, conceptually I like it. But um, so, how do you feel about Black Parade? Which I, I don't know that Black well. Parade. I mean, Thank like you. I fucking love it. I don't. Okay, like that most, was a big gateway. Back there's still America. albums that like I love them still, like even though they're they are that. But like usually that's something that I hold against them slightly. Like mm-hmm. I don't. I does just it, like, does it like feel like pretentious or something? Not even that. I usually like the pretentious stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the like. It feels like it never holds up as a story. Like it's mm-hmm. like yeah. too much of a balancing act to have like write good songs, but then also like have a self-contained story that like is kind of interwoven this in a seamless. Way. I mean, it is a very difficult thing to do. I think I, it's something that I admire a lot about uh, the early Tyler records that you don't know, don't hold up in a lot of ways. Tyler the Creator, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The lyrically, I mean, he is absolutely like tying a story together through Bastard, Goblin, and Wolf and it really is kind of interesting listening back to songs that he's referencing before they're even like released and like this, that, whatever and like that stuff is cool cool. the way that he messes around with it but like obviously doesn't overcompensate for a lot of you know just poor choices throughout but I mean I do find like I admire the attempts but I do think that there are so few examples that I could draw from where I think the stuff is done very well I mean yeah, they're always, I don't know. Not, it's certainly not stuff that I really am kind of, is maybe in my orbit or that I'm that fixated on, but I'm sure I'll think of examples after this and be bummed. Yeah, <laughs> I just feel like it's a quick goes. quick bridge to cringe when you have to like yeah, do the full, fair. like it opens up a lot of opportunity to like. Like, do you have a feeling against, is it like a storybook kind of thing? Like no. I'm, I'm trying, I, I don't really know I'm, if I have any albums that I I'm could think of that I'm thinking of like specifically this. the ones I get mad at are like Pink Floyd The Wall, where it's like 30 <laughs> songs okay. and like maybe 10 of them are real songs and then like 20 of them are like... Okay, so you don't like a musical. I love Sound of Music. <laughs> I lo- no, like I... <laughs> no, it's not that. It's not that. No, I know it's not that. I don't, th- I don't think it's that. It's certainly not in the case of The Wall. Okay. The wall is just like there's like twenty songs that are just like stupid little things to push the story forward, but they don't okay. like. And again, we're talking about this so again, a bad it is a musical concept. Yeah, bad. I don't like. Yeah. I love good music. Concept yeah. album. Yeah. The album has to hold but, up, like as a body of work, as a you know, or a, whatever body of songs. Yeah. I also feel like concept albums is a little like more open to like it can just be like oh the concept is like war or something. Like it can be just like very stupid and vague where like. A rock opera, which is just like a phrase I hate even in of itself, but mm-hmm. like is like yeah, like a very self-contained. Like there's characters and they like there's an arc. I don't know. It's not for me. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. It's not my dad right. loves them. I think that's, that's part allowed. of it too. Is it's that like is the, okay. so perfect. He loves a good rock opera, oh, a good double that's... album rock opera like Tommy, <laughs> you know, like Quadrophenia. <laughs> Fuck yeah, that's his shit. <laughs> Yeah. I'll probably like your dad on here. <laughs> we should. I I would love to get him. That would be so much fun. Oh, that would be adorable. Uh, yeah, get the dads. Oh, Everybody's yeah. dad has to be on. Have the my pod. dad come on. We'll just talk Van Morrison for an hour. That would be sweet. I'm super into it, man. I'm, oh my god, my dad loves Van Morrison too. Dads love Van. Dads love Van. Why are you on Facebook? Have you guys heard the new stuff? The like anti-vax Van Morrison. I I have like. Yeah, I mean, I haven't listened to it, but, like, I'm so gl- I don't think my dad's aware of, like, just where he is, like, politically. And I'm like, I just, I think i got to keep in this bubble. I don't want to. Him and Eric Clapton. Can't burst the, cl- it. the Clapton stuff. Was, yeah, the, the, the duet they had, whatever about that, was rough. Or, like, the song maybe that they put out together. Was, yeah. 
Yikes. Oh, rough stuff. Not, Yikes. not great. <laughs> so, uh, any last thoughts on songwriting? In um, general, how we feel about any aspect of what we've talked about? No. I'm going to walk away from here and listen to those story records at some point. Um, I'm making you listen to them in the car. What are you talking about? Well, I can't listen to every single one on the way well, back, but we will one. listen to them. We can get like a playlist okay. going. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's something... A, oh, go ahead. No. Can you make a playlist like for the the listeners? For for Tori? Yeah. Absolutely. I yeah. would love to. We've been meaning to do that. We've just gotten behind, I think. Well, we were talking about and also, a playlist for every episode. We've also been talking about putting oh. the episodes up, and I yeah, have, I'm yeah, actually, that. wait. So, uh, I, this will this will come out in like get, 2023. Yeah, yeah get yeah. November. That's absolutely oh, right. Yeah. It'll be out in a couple yeah. years. But, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, so it is. Oh yeah. Time. I for oh, for the record, today is December December eighth, 2021. Well, Pearl, I didn't. It was Pearl Harbor yesterday. That's right. <laughs> that means nothing. <laughs> that, that is true. Uh, so, December eighth. Right. Yeah. When are we getting so, to December eighth, twenty three? Let's try to beat that. Let's, yeah. Just, just, just so we know. Locking it in. All right. Uh, I've got some records that I'm going to talk about. It's been a little while. This will probably be the last one that I do this year. And uh, it's actually, yeah. Uh, I don't know. There were the. I was talking like there are a lot that I kind of slipped through the cracks during that hiatus period. But I feel good about a lot of these. We're ending on a pretty strong note here, and uh, it'll be. Are nice there any to of these? Into, that are going to well, be in your final, you think? Um, some that are close, probably not. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm so I'm <laughs> looking forward to hearing yours so much. It's gonna. It's gonna be I'm so totally good. prepared. I'm I ready know. and excited. I feel great about it. Uh, number five is "Open the Gates" by this band, Ir- Irreversible Entanglements. Um, I don't know. I don't think we've talked about them before. They're a jazz, a free jazz collective. I honestly don't know where they're based out of. Probably New York. Not positive. They're fronted by More Mother. I think she's Philadelphia based. Who you have referenced on the show? I've talked about More Mother a handful of times. That came uh, up in this segment. She's uh oh yeah she's put out that we I mean, for sure the Billy Woods record. Uh, probably her last solo record. She's just super prolific and not an artist that I necessarily love, but I really enjoy everything that she does. She's just a super interesting hardcore like leftist. Uh, super thoughtful kind of activist poet sort of person uh, who just yeah sings. Or I mean, it's really beat poetry over just very sometimes abrasive, sometimes uh, more melodic, but abstract, unconventional music. I mean, her stuff is solo stuff is definitely more industrial sort of leaning. Uh, Irreversible entanglements again. They're a free jazz collective, so it definitely is uh, you know more unconventional jazz. Uh, just not a ton of just you know more traditional sort of chord progressions or ramping or anything. It's just you know more obtuse and weird, but really interesting stuff i think she's a phenomenal lyricist and somebody that i just admire all the different kinds of stuff that she does and um they've only put out one other record but yeah they're, they're pretty tight definitely uh recommend checking some of the stuff out danny heard yeah i don't know what kind of jazz you're into chance i know we've talked very briefly about jazz i'm not sure if this very is really be into, but uh more mother's tight okay definitely somebody that i'd recommend everybody checking out in some capacity but the first one nigger record is good if you're into a weird jazz record um, four is uh, Der Langmarsch. I don't even know how to really pronounce this by gas. Uh, it's a German producer, Wolfgang Voigt. Uh, this is he's like an ambient technical producer, basically. He put out this record. He's been making stuff since like the early 90s, I think. Um, all his records are pretty great. I haven't listened to this one. I've only really kind of been my way through it once, but I love everything that he does. Um, this one, uh, it's third of uh, the records he's put out since he kind of came back in 2017 or so since the 90s so uh, there's not I mean, with this one 
it's definitely similar to the last one. Um, there's a, it's a little bit prettier, a uh, little bit more like just string, and then it just opens up a little bit more. Um, not quite as like cloistered and dark as some of the preceding ones, but the structures of these are pretty similar. They're really kind of long, dense, like just ambient uh, songs with like a like faint percussive sort of element to it. I mean, I I think a lot of his stuff is really gorgeous and you know super immersive. Uh, this is a terrible entry point, but I do think gas in general. It is the, the same thing that I basically said with Ice Age when I was recommending Sea Shelter. It's like this record, this record's sick, but if you haven't listened to this hours before, you shouldn't start here. Definitely okay. not what I recommend. But gas is great. I mean, I definitely think like of all like the ambient stuff that I like, he is for sure one of the greats. I mean, there's no question that run throughout the '90s is some of the best like records period ever made in my opinion, ambient or otherwise. But is that all under gas too? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was going to mention this to you. I don't think I've ever brought this up to you, but the Animal Collective song "Visiting Friends" was basically them trying to recreate a gas song, but with uh, acoustic, acoustic guitars. guitars. Yep. That's sweet. Yeah. That's like that was the intention there. So it's like, yeah, I mean, his influence can be felt in a lot of uh, weird ways, but yeah, very very compelling figure. I just I'm so glad he's back in the mix. Um, three is called uh, I think it's Balin's Cho, which translates to hot candles. It's uh, a Haitian phrase. Yeah. Hot candles in Haitian, I guess, by Makami. And he put out a record that, earlier this year that I talked to you about, Danny, um, Pray for Haiti. It's one of my favorite records of the year. I will be talking about it later, without question. It's a rapper that I've really, really gotten into based off of that. And um, a ton of his stuff is kind of hard to find again. Some of his stuff is super expensive. A lot of it's just like not on like streaming platforms or you know Bandcamp or whatever. But uh, super just weird, elusive kind of... Uh, he's He's based in Jersey, but definitely uh, collaborates with a lot of like the New York underground. And uh, this is feels like a companion piece to Pray for Haiti. There's a lot of the similar kind of motives and motifs rather, and like other just sort of weird uh, callbacks to uh, Pray for Haiti. But it's a shorter record. There are some skits thrown in here. It's not quite as far flung, but really, really great rapping, great beats. I mean, it re- it really is just like sort of the like ideal of a short and sweet, like you know, just bar for bar like i don't think it's necessarily like over indebted kind of like classicist kind of hip-hop in the way that griselda is i mean i do think that like he is bringing some more modern flourishes to it but it's very much a tried and true hardened kind of hip-hop sound and so obviously not for everybody that is into that kind of thing but like i think he's one of the greatest doing it right now have you listened to pray for Haiti, danny no and as you're doing this i just feel like i'm such a letdown as a co-host because like i mean you're a busy guy you got a lot going on we're going into the to the the best of list next week and like right now you're you've got like such like a global eye you're like referencing like german ambient and this is just stuff, this is just stuff that's I'm, coming out, man. I'm having trouble just, coming up with the top five, like finding five records from the year that. Hey, it's just it's what it is. I mean, you know, you're gonna get your five. It's gonna be great. You just gotta really think about because part of it too is that like you've listened to a, like just for various things that I've thrown your way, but if you haven't connected with a lot, it's just like there hasn't been a lot that I feel like really is stuff that you would really like that we've talked about anyways i mean honestly like aside from i mean certainly compared to like last year it's just like a lot that of stuff avalanches that I, and that, that st cloud yeah like those are huge i mean there's just not a lot of stuff that i think that i really like or that i'm aware of that would be huge for you in a very general sense but i mean you know there's certainly probably some stuff that you haven't heard that you should but um i do think pray for 80 is a sick record that's definitely one that you again not unlike that gas record uh uh Hot Candles is uh, not a record that I would just recommend as a starting point for Makami, but I think it's fucking great, and everything he does is tight, and uh, yeah, definitely singular talent. Um, yeah, what's up, Chance? I have a question. Shoot, please. We've talked about on this podcast, because I've listened 
to every episode. That's very good. Not all the amazing <laughs> ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but we've talked about Dylan Core and Danny Core, and I would like like five words ish of what does that mean for each of you? Can we do each other's? Yeah. Oh, that would be adorable. Yeah, please yeah. do that. Fine. Yeah, please. Dylan Core is. I'm gonna do a mix of like genre names and then like just like adjectives or whatever. I feel like Dylan Core is very much a mix of like, which is similar to me here. I feel like uh, you like mel- like very good melodic stuff, but mixed with like an avant-garde tendency. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want it to be too straightforward. You like a lot of noise mixed with pretty stuff. Mm-hmm. You like. Cer- like not surreal but like cerebral kind of like a theory not cerebral that's the wrong word too uh ethereal like dream poppy kind of mike does that feel yeah, kind of I mean, right you're, to you hitting it absolutely yeah all right cool it. what you would you it. how would you have described dylan core no i mean that's it's honestly just like uh dreamy melodic abrasive uh arithmetic uh heavily textured music it's wow. like a very like a just you know in a couple words. If I'm trying to like keep yeah, it to no, it. please yes, <laughs> which is keep like what tight. my bloody Valentine, Cocteau Twins, I uh, think Animal y- Collective, yeah, Fly Low. I, I mean, think we've got a burgeoning Tori Amos fan. Oh, all right, based, that's right. Based surely purely on on those words. I like that, but I, okay, yeah, I'm liking that too. For Danny, I mean, again, <laughs> this is gonna like filter into all the stuff that you had brought up earlier. I mean, the obvious stuff to me is just like good melody, a good chord progression, like a strong hook for sure. Um, you know, nothing that is going to sort of be overbearing. I think just a good mix, like just no elements kind of overtaking anything else. Uh, um, definitely, and again, I mean. I wouldn't necessarily think I think that you probably prefer lyrics but don't mind without but if there are lyrics it can't be stuff that's super obvious it has to be heartfelt and interesting and maybe clever but not overly clever Um, I don't know how if I'd describe it in a couple words but yeah I don't either man is any of this stuff registering or no yeah I think so I think like I love Melody, most of all, yeah, but then making sure that if the melody's really sweet and good, it's, like, not done in a corny way. Like, there has to be something fighting that. And Mm -hmm. then I, like... Boy, wow, it's tough to, like, try to, like... Because I feel like today everyone listens to so much different music, it's hard to, like, find what is common amongst all of it in some way. Yeah, where your through lines are with all the stuff that you, like, love most. Yeah, I mean... I think like straight up I've in the last few years I've really settled into being an old man where like <laughs> I used to be much more like you and like into like searching out tons of different types yeah, of music but and it's, it is it, it, well, I was gonna say it's interesting too in that way where you've settled into your niche in that way but it's again whether it be interesting to think about it as like dad music for zoomers right now or whatever because my sweet spot in my mind for you is just like oh it's like the dirty projectors like <laughs> the, fucking vampire weekend 2008 like the, 2009 yeah, like like that specific period where there's not not brooklyn quite that yeah, but we're close yeah, yeah. brooklyn indie of that period with like yeah bruce and uh, the backstreet boys yeah i think i'm just like a classic rock kid who loves indie rock too i guess like that's what i've become and pop. yeah and pop and love pop music yeah classic, classic rock head that loves motown pop music yeah that's, yeah I chance think. chance core uh, I have yes. no I have genuinely no idea. I I have really thought about this because I I want to try to find more stuff I like. <laughs> but I just I feel like I kind of like everything, but I'm also very picky. 
and I think I really like a good singer. I think I think to some extent, especially like if you play instruments, you kind of like what you play. So I like a lot of piano, and I like a, a good singer, which is maybe me flattering myself. <laughs> but so, but um, so you write music too? Yeah. Do you yeah. find that I did find recently that like I do? I think this is what you were just sort of saying. Like, I feel like I like music that I can play. Like, I don't like fast stuff and, like, metal and stuff, mostly because I also just, like, can't... I don't know if it's, like, a chicken or egg thing where, like, maybe I can't play it because I don't like it, though, so I just don't even care to learn it, but, like... I mean, I, I can get into some metal, too. I think Poppy was my favorite of 2020, which I consider to be sort of a metal album. That's Poppy. Poppy not, of I Disagree, Poppy, I my... my huh. That's my favorite 2020 album. Poppy. P-O-P-P-Y? P-O-P-P-Y. Yes. And it's so, oh, so good. Um, I like a, a great songwriter. I, re, I do really connect to lyrics, but I can't just have a good songwriter. The music has to be there, too. I do kind of, I kind of connect to like what you said with like, I like a really sweet kind of melody, but there does have to be like kind of something else happening, but also sometimes there doesn't. You know? That's yeah. the thing I was going to say is that I think by and large that is true for me. There has to be some sort of contrasting element until there doesn't, because yeah. there are absolutely like plenty examples of it where it's just so simple and straightforward. But like, you know, I find for myself, it's just like, oh yeah, if there's a good hook, like I'm on some level, like, I'm absolutely on board, even if, like, I outwardly am, like, detesting it. It's like, I just, you know, if there's enough sugar in the right way, it's like, yeah. please. Yeah, oh, my God. This like. is this is embarrassing, <laughs> but I'm going to say it for the point. Uh, but I, there was a song that was made specifically for League of Legends. Mm, <laughs> and I was okay. like, holy shit, this bangs. <laughs> um and like the lyrics weren't great and I don't even know if the, I would say that the production was that great, but I was like, wow this, I need this. <laughs> this is great <laughs> and so you know like sometimes there are those like kind of outlier things but like whatever yeah beautiful with this <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that i was gonna what was i there's something i was gonna bring up i think with that um i'm sort of blanking here with that but like i think it was as far as just something where it's just like super immediate in that way i do think like it's something i was gonna bring up earlier as far as just like a lot of uh, how you know words sound and the way that they feel coming out or whatever, where, anything like that is, I think that's certainly part of why I'm drawn to somebody like Playboy Cardi is like a lot mm-hmm. of like the delivery and like a lot of like the way it's just so scattered and over the top and just like varied but and like just so different sounding from song to song and like it's just, there's so much experimentation with the delivery and like the way that like something might actually just sound or the way that whether it's rhythmic or melodic or whatever and i think the way he plays around with that is really compelling but um yeah there's something to be said about that for sure because there's always contrasting elements there but they're not always super harsh so right for sure it definitely varies but uh i love how off uh track i got with the records that was fantastic that was such a great sidebar Good there tangent. I, I love that <laughs> strong tangent very strong <laughs> Two is uh, Deciphering the Message by Makai McRaven. I feel Another like I, I had to have brought this guy up before, yeah. right? So he's uh, a jazz drummer and band leader. God, I wish I knew. I should know where he's based out of, but really, really compelling figure. He's uh, done, I think he, this record's got Jeff Parker on it, the guitarist of uh, Tortoise, who I've also mentioned as a solarist who I like quite a bit. But so Jeff Parker, um, yeah, he's a band leader. He's got a bunch of other people that are playing on this record. He basically sampled a lot of various Blue Note records and then, like, built tracks from that, like, sampled a lot of that stuff and built up just, like, uh, you know, a lot of the, like, rhythm and chord melodic ideas. And then he just had a lot of other people just, like, you know, playing on top of that, basically, and 
really, really interesting uh, compositions. A lot of them kind of draw from a lot of like R&B and funk and hip hop, but it still is very tied to jazz tradition. And really, I mean, I just think he's a super compelling figure. I like he did uh, the Gil Scott Heron kind of remake record. I think a year or so ago that I really enjoyed. That's what and we talked about on here. Yes, think, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, he's done a lot of various things. A lot of just like reimagining other records and like into new context and. Yeah, I think it's uh, just a very, very interesting figure in that way, and I just I love everything he's out so far. So this is another great one. Um, and then number one, uh, this is definitely not an artist that I've talked to you about on here. I just kind of got into this uh, person. This is the record's called Frailty. It's by Delete Zeke. DLT. This has been making the rounds. I was gonna say, I figured that this is gonna. You've definitely heard of this. Yeah, I feel like this has been like the like hundred gags of the winter or something. The the emo hundred gags sleeper record of the. Well, not really, because it came out like a couple weeks ago and it's already kind of blown up. So it's not necessarily that true in that way, but like absolutely, this is considered like digicore which like i mean the the name for this shit is just so fucking hilarious which is like considered like a subgenre of hyperpop and you know and all just is so hilariously convoluted but uh really interesting stuff i mean he's like a bedroom producer um it definitely is in the vein of a lot of like soundcloud rap uh emo like trap music and just like you know various waves of emo and pop punk and also just a lot of just like indie rock and bedroom pop music in general and it's a really kind of seamless mix of a lot of the stuff um in a way that it you know there's a lot of i think similar things in a comparable vein that i think are just kind of either overblown or kind of half-baked whether it's something like 100 gags which i like but i don't think you know that whatever it's like i've got issues with a handful of things that are like comparable to this but i think uh this record is a really kind of interesting mix of a lot of these different ideas and for the most part he pulls it off i mean there are like you know, some things I kind of overstate they're welcome and whatever, but like, I really, it's a really kind of impressive realization of just how, you know, it reminds me of like something like the early M83 records, like recreating shoegaze with like, you know, just like synthesizers. I mean, it's a really just like, or like the Paranol shoegaze record from earlier this year. I mean, a really interesting way to just kind of make electronic guitar based music that feels very organic and you know, honest, but, um, yeah, it's great stuff. I don't, I don't really know if this is a record that you would like very much, Danny, but I do think like it would be one as far as just, it would be interesting to get like as a barometer of where a lot of this sort of stuff is going in a very yeah. general sense. I mean, I think it's better than that hundred gex record or a lot of other non, uh, Sophie or PC music, you know, kind of hyper pop ask stuff. I mean, I also think that first glass beaches record is up there as well. And, you know, sort of comparable lane, but, this isn't quite like fifth wave emo, but it's like, you know, who the fuck cares? It's like very much of that world, but it is funny how like know. specific to this time it feels that like, it's like SoundCloud rap mixed with emo mixed with like bedroom songwriter. Like that is like 10 years ago. Well, I don't think that would have been, would have broken some brands. It wouldn't have been like incomprehensible, but it, like you saying that all right now to me, like my brain was never like, Oh, that's like, it was just like, yeah, of course it is. Like, yeah, right. like that's yeah, like what yeah. everything is today. Like, that's how everything is. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's a wild world. Yeah, it's good yeah. stuff. I don't know if you like. I mean, I, yeah, I, we've never even talked. We've talked about a little bit about Sophie, obviously, but like this is just so unlike a lot of the stuff that I know that you're aware of. So I mean, I have no idea if you'd be into it or not, but I think it's worth listening to for anyone. You know, sounds don't, lit. Don't delete Zeke. Don't yeah. delete him. Keep That's, him around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see out, baby. Thanks to see out. <laughs> <laughs>